It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into the show, uh, the awesome interview with Britt Bowen, uh, we, we have decided that in addition to doing the Professional Fantasy Football League, we are also going to do one with all of the Power 5 football conferences in college football. So if you want to be a part of that, you can email LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com or you can tweet at me, DM me your email address. It's going through Yahoo. It doesn't have to be a Yahoo email address, but DM me your email address and uh, I'll send that out to you at CouchPapTato on Twitter, CouchPapTato at gmail.com, LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com. But let us know if you want to participate. It is a Power 5 and Notre Dame college football, fantasy football league. This is the Locked On Auburn podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you. And I'm joined by Michael Pappas, as I am most days. Hello, Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7. Hello, Zach Blackerby. We have such an exciting guest, you know, and, and I've had the, the the honor to talk to, you know, folks like Bo Jackson, you know, folks like Laura Rutledge. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on and on, but none, none of those folks live up to the standard of our guest today joining us via the Locked On Auburn Podcast Hotline, big-time Britt Bowen of the Auburn Sports Network. Britt Bowen, how are you? Guys, I appreciate the buildup, but I have a feeling the listeners are going to be a little disappointed when you compare me to who Laura Rutledge and who is the other? Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, yeah. yeah. They're going to be a little disappointed uh, when, when they hear me, but hey, uh, I'm happy to be on the show, and, and thank you guys for having me. Of course, man. Of course. I know you're busy, so thanks for taking about 20 minutes or so out of your day. But, uh, man, g- congratulations. You know, I, I called you the day of everything was announced, but uh, just kind of congratulating you uh, here on the podcast for uh, for your new gig. Tell folks what you'll be doing uh, this uh, this sports year for Auburn. Hey, man, thank you very much. Um, it, it, it's been a dream come true, first of all. But um, the, the big thing for me was uh, being named the, the new play-by-play announcer for Auburn women's basketball. And uh, I've been Andy Burton's studio producer and studio host for three years, or excuse me, for six years, yeah. uh, going back to my days as an intern with the Auburn Network. And uh, with Andy, he's, of course, taken over the new football play-by-play role in the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Andy has held the role of voice of Auburn women's basketball for, what, 30-plus years? So it's been a long time. I'm first, yeah, I'm the first guy to come in behind him. So it, it's going to be some big shoes to fill, but they're coming from – the coming behind the guy, like a guy like Andy, is is man, it, it, it's it's a blessing. It really is. And uh, along with that, I'll be uh, the uh, the voice of Auburn softball as well, and also doing play by play for Auburn soccer on the SEC Network Plus broadcast. So it's going to be a busy, busy fall. And in addition to that, of course, doing uh, Smith Station football on mm-hmm. Friday night as well. Well, man, you've earned every bit of that. So congratulations, and uh, yeah, a, a, an exciting weekend as Auburn gets their football season going. What's kind of been your uh, your take of, you know, the atmosphere over there with your office being on campus? Man, it, it's exciting. Anytime it's game week and, and you have the, the game of the week in college football and Auburn's involved in it, man, it, it really doesn't get any better. It's buzzing. That's all literally everyone is talking about is who's going to Dallas, who's not going to Dallas, everybody's watching the game. So, uh, the excitement's back, and, I, and it's always fun to be on campus this time of year. Michael, I know you're one of those f- folks going to Dallas. I'm. I know you're excited. I'm sure you're counting down the days. Yeah, I am. We're at a 
at three, I guess now. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very excited. Britt, are you going to Dallas? Yeah, we're going. Uh, we got a squad of twelve rolling in deep to Dallas. Twelve uh, deep. Wow. Is that going to be yeah, a caravan, or are you guys all flying? Uh, we're all flying. Uh, some are driving from different places and just uh, meeting up at uh, my wife's grandparents' house, and it's going to be a party and a good time had by all. Well, that's good, man. What are you uh, What are you expecting to see from the Tigers? Man, I, I'm expecting to see a little bit of urgency on the offensive side of the football. And, and I say that just because with Coach Malzahn being back calling the plays this year, I think it's going to be different. And I, I think Coach Malzahn has a bit of a chip on his shoulder, as he should be. And, and I love it when he coaches with a chip on his shoulder because, honestly, I, I think that's when he's at his best. Um, but I, I think the big thing for the Auburn-Oregon game is is who's going to win the line of scrimmage. And I, I know that's getting back to the basics, but between Oregon's offensive line and Auburn's defensive line, I think that's going to be one of the biggest matchups. And then the final factor for me, I know everyone's talking about Bo Nix. I'm very excited about Bo and our receiving core, but for Auburn to win, I mean, we got to get back to our bread and butter, and that's running the football and winning in the trenches. And, and I think if we do those things, I, I like Auburn to win this game. I like Auburn to win the game regardless. Um but those are some of the things that winning the winning the line of scrimmage and running the football, Auburn has to do if they want to be successful this year. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's been so much talk, so much chatter all off season about the quarterbacks. And Michael and I talked about, you know, or, Oregon's offensive line going up against Auburn's defensive line. I think that's going to decide this football game. And oh, no, uh, no, no question about it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's going to be a rough. I think it's going to be a physical game. And, you know, uh, the, the quarterback, I, I don't want to say controversy, but just the, the, the situation surrounding it, I don't think that's really going to play into this a whole lot. Do you, Michael? I, I do not. I, I think it is, it's going to be, you know, a, a hard-nosed football game that is really one in the trenches like you both are saying. And, and we had a listener with a very good question after our show yesterday. Um, I believe Colonel Steve asking – you know, what about the other side? What about the uh, the Auburn offensive line against this Oregon defensive line that should be, you know, significantly worse than the one that the Auburn offensive line has to go up against in practice every day? Um, this matchup looks like it could get as lopsided as the other one is even. Well, and for me, you know, you, you mentioned the quarterback not being as big of a factor. It's not that it won't be a factor for me. It's just I think that it can be a factor in the running game. When I say Auburn's got to run the football, um, Auburn has to run the football. That's with the running back. That's with the receivers on speed sweeps. And, of course, that's going to include the the quarterback position as well because, obviously, Bo Bo Nick is is a true dual-threat guy. and, And I think there's even going to be some packages with Joey Gatewood as well um, and I think everyone is expecting to see that, and the only time will tell. But I think the quarterbacks can be a factor more so than last year in the running game this year. And quite frankly, I think that's what Auburn needs. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
The thing I want to see, especially if they do the whole Joey Gatewood package, is I hope they don't just quarterback power him to death. I, I would mm-hmm. really like yeah. to see him be yeah. a quarterback and, and you know have his own package of plays. And just in the past, and granted, this is uncharted territory, but Gus hasn't done that before. Like, he didn't do it with Malik Willis. He didn't do it with, with yeah. JF3 a few years ago. So that's my biggest concern is when Joey's yeah. in, I don't want it just to be a run. I want it oh, to be yeah. a I want it to be a run for the first ten games of the season, and then oh, I want there to be one play in that eleventh or twelfth game that is just, you know, some massive play because Joey finally threw the ball. Well, the thing is, too, I mean, if Auburn gets back to running the Wildcat, will he be the Wildcat quarterback? You know, I mean, that, that, that's something to consider because we have seen that in years past with, with certain players, and we haven't necessarily seen it with a backup QB. But is that even an option this year, Zach? I don't know. I mean, I, I think if it's not Joey, I think it's I think it's Booby Whitlow. I think it's yeah. Booby Whitlow. And you know, a, a fun question that I've asked several people over the course of the offseason is, hey, how, how many quarterbacks or how many people take a snap against Oregon uh, on Saturday? My guess is four. I think it's both quarterbacks. I think it's uh, Booby Whitlow, and then I, I think we see you some other one. I, I, I don't know who exactly mm-hmm. it would be, but I just got a feeling we're going to see four different guys receive snaps on Saturday. What do you think, Britt? Yeah, I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with both quarterbacks and Booby Whitlow, and I'm not going four just because I don't know who the fourth one would be, but I like where your mind is in terms of, hey, Coach Miles on trying something new and trying to establish another guy back here that could potentially be a weapon for Auburn this year. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Harold Joyner possibly being in the running for that. You know, they they can't really figure out what exactly to mm-hmm. do with him. He's an athletic freak, and it sounds like he's kind of good in space, and you know, he's got those hands. But I don't think they can figure out what exactly what position he is. You know, is he a running back? Is he a slot guy? Is he an H back? Is he a tight end? You know, there's all this talk of Malzahn comparing him to Charles Clay back when Malzahn was at Tulsa. And I just don't really see where there's targets or where there's opportunities for Harold Joyner. So maybe they uh, they force it to him with a direct snap, kind of keep the guys, uh, keep the, the ducks off balance. But that's my guess. If I had to pick who the fourth one would be in my prediction, it would be it would be him. But I'm not super confident in that. But against Clemson a few years ago, he did five. So it'd yeah. only be one off. <laughs> and so, uh, well, I mean, maybe it happens. One thing, though, that's different between – this Oregon game and the Clemson game, Auburn really didn't have a true starting quarterback going into that game. It was yeah. still a question going into week one, and I, I just don't think we had that this year. I think he named Bo Nix for a reason. Now, granted, does Joey Gatewood still have a chance to win the job this year? At, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And But, of course, for Auburn, that's not a good thing because that means things have gone south early. Uh, but for, you know, for, for Auburn this year, I mean – I, I think you're going to see all, both quarterbacks play at least a decent amount the first three weeks. Maybe not as much against Oregon, but definitely the next two weeks at home. Uh, but I, I, I think against Texas A&M, what is that, week four, going back out to College Station, Texas, I, I think that's going to be the week Auburn has their guy. Because, you know, going into that first college game, you've got to be established. And I think if you get through Oregon with a win, I think you could see uh, both guys get a little more reps uh you know, the next two weeks at home. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And something else that's different about this Auburn team taking on Oregon versus that Auburn team that took on Clemson in the opener is I think Auburn's there. I mean, from top to bottom, they're a, they are a better roster 
than Oregon. Yeah. And that opportunity to play Clemson, I mean, they were going in as the underdog despite being at home. And I think they kind of outthought the game plan a little bit. And, you know, Malzahn came out after that game and said, hey, that obviously didn't work. And, you know, we're going to go back to the drawing board. But with with this, like, I don't think you have to be cute to beat Oregon. I think if you're Auburn, you just play your game and you should mm-hmm. win. You, you you should be able to take them. I mean, screw the AP rankings and the, the coaches yeah. poll and all of that. I mean, they are a better roster. Vegas thinks so. And I value Vegas's opinion of a football game way more than any poll. No, I'm with you. And, and guys, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, for Auburn, when they're good and when they're on, they've got to be two things, what, fast and physical – and I know Oregon's going to be fast, but I think the factor is I think Auburn is just going to be more physical than Oregon is, and I think that's going to be the edge and the difference in this football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I assume well, you do as well, the, right? I, I the do, one yeah. talking yeah. point that's going into going into this week that I that I am curious about, and I don't know as much about it as I know both of you guys do. I'd love to hear y'all take a what are you guys hearing on the receiving cores of both teams? I'm hearing everybody is banged up and. I'm thinking whichever receiving core could emerge, that could also be a difference in this game on Saturday. Yeah, I think Auburn's going to be fine at their receiving core minus Anthony Schwartz. And their big thing is he's been questionable. I've kind of always just assumed he was going to be doubtful in this game. I mean, you, you can't have surgery on your hand as a receiver, especially a deep threat guy like he's going to be this year and, and play. But uh, I, I do think um, I, I do think some of the things that you've heard about Oregon. I mean, their top guy is going to be out for six eight weeks. Their tight end has not practiced yet. They they think that they, he's got a chance. You know, if the, the glass half full way to look at it. Mario Cristobal I read an article on uh, AL.com about it this morning. Actually, you know, he's still um, he's still kind of hopeful. Britt Boeing, guess who just came into the studio? Guess who just came into the studio to talk to you? I'm going to go Ben Taylor. No, it's uh, it's, it's Painter Sharpless. That's a really good guess, though. I was going to say, not well, a bad no. guess. Hey, I, I mean, he was he was my first guess just because I was texting him the other day. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Painter, of course. We love Painter Sharpless, and I love you. All right, so I want to ask both of you, and since there's two people now in the studio, oh. I can I can ask you guys this. You know, uh, off season chatter. We have uh, we've definitely had a few nicknames come up. So I want to ask you, are right, what's a better nickname? Big time, Britt Bowen. Oh, Lord. Or KJ Downhill Brit. It's no doubt Downhill oh Brit. It's got to be big time Brit Bone. Wow. There's uh, wow. It's, it's Discord here. in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about uh, big time Brit Bowen or Christian Tut Quick Feet? Or Christian Quick Feet Tut? I messed that up. Definitely big time. I, I like that they're going with least amount of effort necessary <laughs> in the nicknames. They want this to be yeah. a, a low budget operation. All right. Worm Shivers or big time Brit Bowen? Big time, bread. big time bread on that one. Worm actually like hey, that. I mean, hey, that hey. makes sense. You guys know who gave me that nickname, correct? Zach Blackerby. Well, I, I assume it was it was either Andy or Rod, people, right? There's two people. There's two people, and you would be correct on both of those guys. I was sitting in the what was the old WANI studios, uh, what four or five years ago, and our first. FCC Network Plus broadcast got picked up linear, mm-hmm. so on the actual SEC Network for a softball game. I come in, it's you know 6 a.m. in the morning, both of these guys are in the building, and then they walk in and say, big time, Brent Bowen, we've never been on the SEC Network before, and just, I mean, came in in every direction from the top rope, and then they started saying it on the air, on yeah. Auburn Sports <laughs> Network broadcast, and 
I've been a goner ever since. So I, I, I could never escape that name if I wanted to. It could be worse. You could be named Downhill Brit or Quick Feet Tut. All right, but Brit, yeah. we, we've, uh, so those are all like their actual nicknames. We've made one up. We've made a few okay. up. Yeah, you're right. We've we've made a lot up actually. Yeah. But but as far as Auburn players, Zacoby Chainsaw McLean. I'm a, I'm in love with it. What's a, oh, yeah. what's what's a better nickname, guys? Zacoby Chainsaw McLean or Big Time Brett Bowen? I'm still going with Big Time. Yeah, I like Big I'm Time in this chainsaw. one. Big I'm Time. Chainsaw now. You have Chainsaw as in your nickname, especially as a football player. Come on. You guys have both earned it. What about uh? <laughs> what about Bro Nicks? <laughs> yeah, I, I, as much as I love Bo Nix, I don't know if that one would. I don't know if he would want that one to stick though. Sounds like a lacrosse player, mm. Bro, Bro Nix. Yeah, I feel that with longer hair. Maybe so. I'm not sure. Michael Michael didn't appreciate mm. that one. Michael's a big lacrosse guy. Yeah, name's too short. Bro, you ever called a lacrosse game? Never. I bet. Uh, I bet you could I, do it. I, I would. I wouldn't know where to start in terms of calling lacrosse. It can't be that much different than calling a soccer game, right? No. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I would have to talk. I've got a couple of buddies in college that played lacrosse, so I, I would have to hit them up for some homework first. But I think it would be similar. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, I'm just not as familiar with the sport. They score more. That's for sure. A lot more. That, that they do. A lot more. We're more physical, too. Right. Right. The Locked On NFL podcast is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows among podcasts with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. Brett, you've done a lot of live reads. Rate that one on a scale of 1 to 10. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. That's a 10 all day. Sweet. Before we get too off topic, I do have one more nickname to ask you about, Britt. It, uh, yeah. it, it is not a, an Auburn football team, but it may be yes. Zach's favorite nickname he's ever come up with. And it, it's caught on, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne the Bathtub Haskins. <laughs> is, that a, a is that a drain the bathtub? <laughs> Dwayne the Bathtub yeah, yeah, Haskins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that's a good one. He hates I like it. That. I can tell. Britt doesn't. Gen- <laughs> There's no way you actually like that. There's no way. It's it, funny. It's funny. It made me laugh. I like it. It's it, funny. It's the next time you see Dwayne Haskins, you're going to be like, oh, the bathtub. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All the bathtubs. Well, it's Case funny. Keenan was named know. the starter, and then you sent me a text like, oh, the bathtub's the backup now. But yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> we uh, we had a listener question yesterday, and Britt Bowen, you're yeah. going to answer this for us if you don't mind. Uh, let's see. Matthew sent us an email, and you can too, at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com. Can our linebackers really improve slash learn quick enough to not completely bring a great defense down to a mediocre one? Britt Bowen, your thoughts? I think so, and I'm going to say this just, just because of one thing, the, the coaching staff. When, when, you, when you look at who's leading 
this Auburn defense and, and Kevin Steele. And I, I, tr- I don't know about you guys. I trust the guy. I trust the guy. He's had freshmen and underclassmen step up every year. And I know this linebacking core is maybe a little inexperienced in terms of, of, of what compared to what we've had in years past. But why do we have any reason to doubt Auburn and Kevin Steele right now? I, I, I have no reason to doubt that he, he is continually and continuously found ways every single year to improve this defense, whether it be on the defensive line, the defensive backs, or even the linebacking core. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I don't expect this defense to miss a step. Now, will, will there be highs and lows? Yeah, I, I think it'll be that way for every single core on the team. But, I mean, in terms of going into it, I mean, I, I have full confidence in Kevin Steele in the linebacking core, and I think they're going to have a really solid year. Yeah, I, I just think if this defense isn't on the field so much this year, the results are going to be better. And last year they were good. Yeah. They were still good. But part of the problem when you look at how much time Auburn's defense was forced to spend on the field because right. the offense was consistently underperforming mm-hmm. and just couldn't stay on the field, let alone score enough. But I, I think well, the, 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 the defense just was worn out, I think, shortly after the midway point of the season. And not only that, I, I, I think that they were put into some tough spots in terms of field position last year, too. I mean, uh, the number one thing, I think, is the LSU game. The, well, the opening drive of the game, Auburn throws an interception. LSU has the ball in, in inside Auburn territory early. I mean, so against good teams, they were put into some very tough situations. And I agree with that. The offense has to help the defense. But make no mistake about it, I, I think the pieces are there on both sides of the ball to, to have some success. And going back to that Auburn-Clemson season opener a few years ago, I mean, that was really the coming-out party for Deshaun Davis and mm-hmm. and Trey yeah. Williams, and that's kind of the most similar situation I can think of regarding just specifically linebackers. But, I mean, I think when you look at guys like K.J. Downhill-Britt and Zacoby Chainsaw-McLean and Owen Papo, I, I mean, those guys have all the potential in the world as a unit. And I think a big part of playing linebacker and being a good linebacker is having a good defensive line in front of you. And... Yeah, I mean, they're going to demand double teams up front. And so these linebackers should be running free. I I, I really think they're going to come out and make a statement. I, I think they're going to be one of the better units on the team when it's all said and done. Yeah, I do too. And I think you said it best, Zach, is the D-line in front of them. I mean, they are going to be requiring double team, and that's going to be the focus of the offensive line. I mean, worrying about blocking at the second level, I don't see how you can look ahead to the second level with the front that Auburn has. And that, that's going to be key. And also, too, I, I think the, the stigma that, that freshmen can't play early and that freshmen can't be successful early, I, I think that stigma is just, I think that's wrong. Uh, because you look in, look in the last four or five years, the development of players in the offseason, they're coming in more prepared than, than ever mm-hmm. uh, into the college game. And I, I think the college game today is set up perfect for freshmen to come in and make a statement early and all the resources are there for them to be successful and I mean especially on the offensive side you look at the quarterbacks that have that have emerged in the SEC in recent years with uh, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Fromm at Georgia I mean those guys are great examples on offense, but I think that same opportunity is there on defense, and I think that's what we're going to see with our linebacking core. Yeah, that uh, I couldn't agree with you more about that stigma, and we're seeing across college football that some of these impact freshmen lately are leading to that stigma kind of going away. Uh, I said it yesterday, but there's five quarterbacks in the Power Five that are true freshmen that are going to start this weekend um, in week one. Uh, That includes Miami's quarterback from Saturday night. But 
I mean, we saw Rondell Moore was the most electric player in college football last season as a freshman at Purdue. So I I think that stigma is definitely going away. And I can't really see it hurting teams to be giving their younger guys more of an opportunity. I mean, at worst, they're going to get reps early. How many times do we see true freshman quarterbacks, you know, come in and struggle and two seasons later – you know, are some of the better quarterbacks in the conference. And we can just look at that in the SEC where, you know, I know Felipe Franks had just a horrible outing, but coming into the season, yeah. he, he was looked at as a top four, five, six quarterback in the league, and Kellen Mond is the same way. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anyone that's been more successful early in their career, you know, talking about the stigma, than, than big-time Britt Bowen? <laughs> I don't think so. I can't either. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a few guys, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Tua, uh, I'd probably start with those two. Oh, stop because, it. Uh, stop it. You know, yeah. Stop yeah. it. You're too humble of a dude, and I love it. <laughs> Britt, where can people find you on Twitter, and where can people hear you this fall and uh, in spring? Hey, guys. All right, so on Twitter is BrittBowen09. Check, check me out. I'm usually tweeting about on Friday night, Smith Nation football, and then, of course, uh, the rest of the time about Auburn athletics. Uh, every single Auburn broadcast and the Auburn Sports Network on Auburn's on excuse me on auburntigers.com and the auburn tigers app every single one of our streams are free and be sure to check us out thank you so much Britt. you can follow michael at couch Tato on twitter and you can follow me on twitter at z blacker being the show on twitter at locked on auburn this has been another edition of the locked on auburn podcast it's the locked on podcast network your team every day NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.